Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. So I got a snap, or we got a Facebook message from the Prez, who admitted that she has been way behind on the podcast. And she finally heard our birthday shout out yesterday. Yeah, I caught that too. Sucks to be behind. She busy, dude. <laughs> I know she is. I keep seeing all her snaps. All of her hockey stuff that she's been doing for a kid. Which is awesome. Yeah. So, so Prez, shout out to you for finally catching up on the podcast. And uh, welcome back to the conversation. <laughs> Whoa, show. Happy recording day. Happy recording day, man. We're doing one during the day, which is weird. I know, right? It's going to be completely sober. Yeah, probably be boring. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I was thinking the other day when... Uh... <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. It's all good. So uh, I, I've got my boys, uh, you know, with me. We've been hanging out. Um, ended up getting Micah early on a, a Thursday because the wife was working in Lansing. So she was able to pick him up and bring him here so I didn't have to drive. And I, I was wondering why I had so much energy <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> And uh, it's pretty clear to me now that it's a result of me not having to be on the road for four hours to pick him up and bring him back here. So uh, it's been pretty good, bro. Nice. Been pretty good. We, um, last night we, uh, we trimmed up and, and seasoned up a brisket, a 12-pound uh, prime, USDA prime brisket from Costco. And by the time we're done with this recording, I'm going to have to take it off and let it rest. And we are going to eat some brisket tonight. It's going to be awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's going to be incredible. Whatever uh, happened with getting your 17th Street? Oh, <laughs> I just hadn't ordered it yet. That's all. Um. Uh, I completely forgot that we were supposed to buy it and then Brooke was like well he can order it and it'd probably be cheaper that way because they'll ship it to him I'm like okay but here's the thing here's why I don't remember and a little bit of secret time secret time (laughs) so we were back in the H-berg for that weekend and uh, got up in the morning and we're meeting some family and had uh, breakfast with some other family and blah, 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 right? Well, I got to poop in the morning. And I didn't have time to take my morning dump. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <clears throat> so by the time we're, like, getting on the road, and then we stopped in Marion to get some uh, some magic dust... And we go to a Kroger, and we're like, oh, well, obviously, they sell it, so we'll just get, like, five of them, and then we'll ship them, and there you go. Well, they didn't sell it at that Kroger, so while we're in there, though, I'm like, babe, I have to go blow up a bathroom. <laughs> so I go in there, and it's a one-holer, 
and it's occupied. So oh, I stand wow. there oh, for like, I love that. <clears throat> stand there for like, you know, maybe a minute, and I'm like, "Fuck this, dude! I'm out. I'll just go to a gas station or something." Well, then we figure out, oh, they don't sell magic dust here, so we're like, "Well, it's literally just a few blocks down the road, so let's go to 17th Street." and just buy it there right so we do that and of course i was like all right i'll meet you at the bar because you know let's have a drink or get some fries or something but basically i gotta poop so beeline right to the bathroom and of course who goes (laughs) in front of me but this dad and his grandpa or his dad so we got a dad and a, and the grandfather and then three little little boys and it is also a one holer with two urinals so the the dad goes in with one of the kids to the one holer the other two urinals are taken up and the grandfather's just like all right boys and they're just dropping trowel, you know, not ashamed of anything, just like turning around and looking at me. And I'm like, <laughs> I got a shit, man. Let's, let's, let's do this. So <clears throat> stood there for a second and I was like, fuck, man, I'll just come back. <laughs> so here I am, like, I got to go, you know? <laughs> so I meet Brooke and she's like, well, I was quick and I was like, I didn't get to go again. She's like, are you serious? You know? <laughs> so she pretty much handled all of the, Hey, can we get magic dust? Can you ship it from here? And then I finally got to go to the bathroom and then I was so relieved. We left and, uh, headed back home and honestly i kind of completely forgot about the magic dust (laughs) (laughs) all of that was happening while i was snapping you that one uh 17th street ale or whatever it is (laughs) oh that is just awesome dude i love it we've already discussed this but i can't shit in public restrooms is it just no way i can't do it so you're a better man than me dude i had to i mean it it just you know what i'm saying yeah yeah but yeah i don't really i don't know i guess because i've been in so many it's all good I mean, do you know, like, is it because you're putting your cheeks on a place where other people have put their cheeks? No, I I would never do that. Uh, If there's no paper. God, why are we talking about this? If there's no paper, you know, uh, where, you know, you, uh, if there's no. uh, You make the little U. A seat condom. If there's no seat condom, then I'm using uh, toilet paper. I'll pull toilet paper down. Yeah, and you make the little U. Yeah, you just put the toilet paper over the over the seat and go. But that's emergency only, dude. I I can't. I, no, I I just can't do it. That's too much. It, dude, it have you ever with my head? Have you ever had? <laughs> I, I I seriously do because I'm I'm literally thinking about unfortunately how many butts have been on this seat. I get more assed in a toilet seat. You know what I'm saying? I, I just. Ugh. No, I can't. Have you ever had the toilet paper like. Kind of oh boy. F- fall in <laughs> the toilet water while you're still sitting on it. And it like, you know, <laughs> it kind of like soaks up a little and you're just like, oh, my God, it's coming for me. Oh, they call that a Louisiana wet wipe. <laughs> Uh, no, I, yes, that has happened. Unfortunately, I think it's probably happened to everyone. Uh, but that is one yeah, of just, the worst things. It's disgusting, bro. I mean, because number one, I understand that they clean the bathrooms on a schedule, but given most my places, life, <laughs> well, most of them do, right? Like uh, most public restrooms you go into, you know, there is a schedule on the wall. Uh, 
And I think they purposely put it there on the wall so that customers can see. Here are the times that the bathrooms have been cleaned. In other words, come back in 20. (laughs) In other words, trust us. This place is clean. You're free to squat. I still, man, I, I, I I just, dude, in my own house, I take a shit and then take a shower. So, yeah, I just yeah. can't do it. That's like, uh, like, like today, this morning, and me and Micah were hanging out. Me, Micah, and Max were hanging out. Jenna was sleeping. She slept in. We're hanging out with Max, playing around. Um, he threw up on me twice. That was great. Um, but while I'm hanging out with Max in the living room, Micah is in the spare bathroom blowing it out. And I mean completely blowing it out. <laughs> so I'm talking about. Out. He blew it out so bad that an hour later when I went in to pee, there were streaks all over the place. And like a typical male, <laughs> <laughs> like a typical male, you know what I'm doing. I'm aiming for the streaks trying to get it all down. <laughs> Yep. I couldn't squat. You know, I'm I'm good for one good poop a day. A second one if I'm eating crap. But generally if I'm eating clean, I just need one good poop a day and I'm all right. This morning, I I, I said on the last episode that I've I've been doing this carnivore diet and I feel great. If for nothing else, my cognitive ability is heightened right now. So my my brain is super sharp. Um, I've been drinking a whole lot less just because, I mean, I talked about on a previous podcast, I hadn't had a beer since, you know, sometime. And basically, my last beer was in January, I don't know, a few days before February 1st. So I'm not drinking beer. I'm, and I, I haven't yet broken 230, but I'm definitely smaller and feel tighter, you know, in, in the midsection. My face, I looked in the mirror this morning, my face was skinnier. But the problem is, is that because I'm eating so much meat, hey, yo, I'm not pooping as much. <laughs> so... I don't know, dude. I I tried to poop this morning and it just didn't come out. Nothing came out. It, I I probably farted once or twice and that was it. I sat yeah. there for ten minutes. I'm just just out of habit. I sat down in the morning before I took my shower, and nothing came out. And I haven't eaten since. Um, I don't know about four o'clock yesterday. And I'm not hungry at all. I don't even care to eat right now. So, I don't know, dude. I miss pooping. <laughs> There's one thing about this diet, this carnivore diet, the, the research I've been doing, they, they, they say that, um, they say that for some people, you, you'll probably have diarrhea for the first, you know, week or so. Until your body starts getting used to not having any roughage or anything. It's just like cleansing. I haven't had that effect yet. (laughs) That hasn't happened to me. Because I was already pretty regular. Because I was already eating pretty healthy. Um, But now, dude, no vegetables, no roughage. Nothing's coming out. I'm just kind of like, I don't know the next time I'm going to poop. It's yeah. kind of scary. <clears throat> That's a weird thing. It is a weird thing. I remember when I first did the whole 30. Yeah. I actually only did like the, the whole the 27. Whole <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, yeah, dude, probably like two, three weeks in, I noticed because I used to poop a lot every day, like four, maybe five times a day. Easy. And uh, 
<laughs> dude, on the whole 30, I, I, one day I realized, like, I don't know the last time I actually sat down and pooped. Yeah. And I was blown away because it had been, like, five, six days or something. And I'm like, wow. Hmm. And it's crazy how our, our bodies do you know, react differently to things, which I guess it's not that crazy. It's just how it is. But, you know, it's something I hadn't realized before. And, you know, I had the same, like, man, pooping was my time to like escape. Yeah. I, I, I guess that's what happens once, once you finally get cleaned out, your body basically starts absorbing all the, all the healthy stuff. And it's not, you don't have as much waste build up in your gut. So. Yeah, pretty crazy. I love it. I feel great, bro. My energy level is through the roof. And um, my cognitive level is just great right now. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, but, you know, I, I, from what I keep hearing... You know, at around the 10 day mark, you hit a lull where it's just like, God, I can't eat another piece of meat. Uh, but then if you press past that, you get to the two week mark, get to the three week mark, you're just pretty much coasting. Um, I told Micah this morning because I was, you know, making him pancakes and he had made some bacon and pulled out the syrup, heated it up. Oh, it was so everything was just so good. Um, I was like, dude, I miss snacking. I really, really do. Um, but hey, what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> Well, you snack and stay fat, or you don't keep them in the house, and then you can't snack, <laughs> and then you get skinny. Right. Hey, um, let's pause for a second, okay? Sure. I need to pause. Three, two, one. All right. And through the magic of podcasting, we're back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. Um. I had to pull that brisket off. I had Micah send me a picture of it when it was done. And so he did. And boy, oh boy, pulled it off. Smells amazing. So I was just probing it for tenderness. Mm. And um, didn't really care about the internal temp. Just probing it for tenderness. And everywhere I probed it, it went through like butter. And then it went through like butter so much so that I went from the top of the brisket all the way through the bottom of the brisket and poked holes in it. So I had to hurry up and, uh, so I had to hurry up and wrap it in a towel in order to keep those juices. But, um, holy moly, we're about to eat good today, buddy. I'm jelly. So I'm telling you, dude, this diet is great. I get to eat all the meat I want. I have a brisket today. I had, I had uh, ground beef and and eggs yesterday, and, and and pretty much I'm down to just one meal a day. Huh? Because I'm just not hungry. So, figure that out. I don't know the science behind all this, but I've I've reviewed the science. I can't quote any of it. But um, I feel great, and I'm eating good food. I like to barbecue every day anyway, so. Well, the molecular um, buildup in the beef is actually <laughs> broken down to fully sustain through the molecules in the body in which the nutrients are extracted yeah. from the amortimus. And mm-hmm. It's very, it's very yeah. scientific and complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel it all the way down in my femurs. <laughs> So, uh, it's great. It is great. So, um, anyway, back to what we were about to talk about. Um, what were we about to talk about? So I was thinking today 
this morning. I don't know. Actually, for weeks now, I've been thinking about this. Um, so we're on church, you know, and we, uh, but we still have values. And we still have Christian values. Speak and for I yourself. I had been. <laughs> so I've been thinking about um, what we value and how we live those values out. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that it's too much different from actually being in a church, I guess, in a, in a, in a, in a positive sense, taking the positive side of being part of a church. Um, you know, the wife and I were having a discussion just about our marriage and about life and about what we wanted to do with ourselves uh, since we are not in church. Because, you know, it's a it's a major part of today's culture, even though it's dwindling down. Um, I don't know. It just came to me. I was like, you know, I think we just need to to focus on the things that we value. So let's think about it. Let's think about the things that we value and um, and come back together in a couple of days and start sharing the things that we value with each other. And then let's just celebrate those things and just try to make this a part of our life and our routine. And so, I don't know, I kind of wanted to talk about a few of the values that we've discussed, um, my wife and I have discussed, and I don't know, maybe it relates to somebody else, and they can see... Uh, think about it themselves, about the things that they value, and begin to celebrate those things as well. Because I, I, I kind of feel like if if we if we just stay away from the church, there's a um, you know for for someone who is not as mature of a Christian, it, it'll be very very easy to just fall back into the world mentality. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, I don't want to necessarily use the word backslide because that's probably the way that most church goers, goers see us right now as backslidden. But um, I, I guess for one, I think the first one that I, that I said was I value gratitude. Now you can make that, you can punch that up to be churchy, Right. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And that's what David said, right? Mm-hmm. Um, preach, preach, ah. Uh, but gratitude, I feel, should be a major value of every Christian's life, uh, especially those that are unchurched, because it, it's... You know, being away from church, you kind of lose the whole idea of, like, back in the day, the testimony service. You remember that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember, dude. I remember, get up, you sing a song, or sing a couple songs, and then you pray, and you open up the service, you know, with those two songs, and you pray. And then you invite people up for testimony. You know, and this is this is way back in the day. This is old school here, old school black gospel church. Oh, we honkies had some church too, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the music may have been different, you know, a little bit. But different. the hankies were a flying. Nonetheless, well, you know, folks would get up, right? People would get up. The old saints would get up, and they'll say. Giving honor to God who's ahead of my life, the pastor, the first lady, the deacon board, the mothers of the church. I just want to thank God this morning because I woke up on the right side of bed. Bow, bow. Or I think or I thank God that I what what was the old saying? I woke up this morning with a sound mind and sound body or something like that. They were bow, bow, bow. And, you know, folks get excited. And, um, you know, I was thinking about that. It was what we used to do. It honestly is the way that I grew up in, in church. 
and denominational church as a kid. And, um, but it, the point of it, looking back as an adult, was that it, it was an opportunity for people who were willing to just get up and express things that they're thankful for. You know, so yeah. we've been making it a practice just to say thank you more often. You know, to, you know, my wife does something like I, I was cleaning out the cast iron today. And as I was, I, I, I put it back on the, I dried it off, put it back on the stove to heat it up, added some oil to reseason it. And, um, you know, did my thing. And while I was doing that, she saw the, the little scrub brush that I was using was still in the sink. And she said, are you done with this? I said, yes, I'm done with it. She said, well, can I throw it away? Yes, you can throw it away. She threw it away. And I looked at her and said, thank you. Thank you for doing that. I would have got it once I was done with the cast iron. But she took it upon herself to do it. And it was an act of kindness. So I said, thank you. You know, and, and at night when we're going to bed, give her a kiss, you know, cuddle a little, cuddle a little bit <laughs> until we both start sweating. <laughs> Dang. It's like some hardcore hey, cuddling, you know, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruh, that's what you do, mate. A little Marvin Gaye in the background. <laughs> some lavender <laughs> vanilla candles going. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I know what you mean when you say cuddle. So it's like, you know, just turn over and like, look, this is what I'm thankful for. Thank you. Thank you for, for doing this today. You know, or, or she'll look at me and say, well, this, this really made me feel special today when you did this. You know, whatever. Just a, a little point of gratitude. You know, just to... I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it just softens the heart and really, you know, puts things in perspective. You complain a whole lot less when you're, when you're gracious that way. You know what they say? What? A little bit of gratitude to elevate the attitude. Oh, is that what they say? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, they should say it. I like that. Uh, no, I like it. I, I think you're right. I think it's a good thing to say. Pow, pow. So The band does those punches, you know. Church would be going <laughs> nuts right now if I said that. <laughs> hey, man, brother. Right. Um, Which I'm not making fun what of. What do you think, though? Oh, of course not. Yeah, I mean, I agree. <clears throat> I, uh... I don't know, man. The whole, like, not being a part of a building community church that way. And still, I mean, biblically, there's nothing has changed. Like, I'm I'm a Christian. I still have my faith and my relationship with Jesus. And I still have friends like you and others and my wife and work christians you know but <clears throat> having left the four walls you know i guess is kind of like it honestly kind of forces me because i want to still maintain a faith in the bible and in jesus like it forces me to have to either make more of an effort or just lose it all together for certain things, not my faith, but you know what I'm saying? Like disciplines and <clears throat> kind of like what you're saying, like, Hey man, I got to make it a point to tell my wife I appreciate her and vice versa. And I mean, yeah, that's a good thing. Why is it not a good thing? But I think we don't need a church in order to do that. And honestly, you might not even need, and this could probably be argued, but whatever. I don't think you necessarily need faith to even 
have that outlook or opinion or that discipline in life to be grateful. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a human thing, um, you know? Right. I mean, from the history of time, people have been tribal. And we've talked about this before. You know, we we band together in a, in a community uh, uh, for safety, for uh, raising kids, you know, providing for each other, on and on and on. And I don't think any of those things uh, could ever be maintained without some level of gratitude. So, um, you know, I think it's an, an important value. I do think too, when you're talking, it just kind of went through my head. So I'll say it like, I know, uh, on a last recent episode, we talked about technology and church and, you know, it becomes, it can become about a show and a thing. And I think looking back on memories of when we were a part of a church and there were uh Sundays like that where you didn't just come say hello to the people you do sit down listen to the band and then listen to this guy talk and then leave like there I feel <laughs> like there the church and again this is just my opinion and my world view but I feel like the church used to be more communal in that way and more inclusive I guess and not about, oh, I got to come listen to my pastor, tell me some stuff, and then we leave, and I'll come to a small group or whatever. I feel like that's more how it is now. And back in the day, it kind of was more just about everyone, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm articulating correctly what's in my brain, but... You know what I'm trying to say? Like the pastor was okay with standing back and being like, let's, you know, let's have a testimony Sunday or something. And like, let's have the people, like our group of people, like Susie Lou, who get up and what Grinch movie. See that reference. (laughs) Let's like have her stand up and tell like this thing that's going on in her life and what God did. Like, that's awesome. And let's celebrate that. And then let's have uh, Steve over there stand up and, you know, give his testimony real quick. And like, I don't know, man, it was just this, like, it felt more communal and like family and tribal. And I feel like you can go into a church today and leave and feel like, well, I just went, came and went and no one even noticed me. And I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. But you know what? I think that, you know, what you just said leads me to that the next value that we've been discussing, which is honesty. Like, it, it takes a, a big person to be able to stand up there and say, you know, not only what they're thankful for, but things that they've been going through. And um, things that they feel and things that they've been thinking or struggling with. And, you know, that testimony service aspect gave an opportunity for the community to rally around the person that was up there speaking. Yeah. And be able to be of assistance to them or, or pray for them or just be there for them, you know. But on that on the person that is talking, the I think that the major value to take away from that is, is honesty. It takes well, I think vulnerability a lot of courage. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Basically exactly what I'm saying. Um, it's necessary in, in a community and even more necessary in a marriage. Like, honestly, this is how I'm feeling. How many times have you, you know, you get into an argument and it's, you say the first thing that comes out of your mouth and it may not necessarily be the thing that you're really feeling at the moment. 
It's a secondary. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of times we, we speak out in anger and when we're really just hurt and we're afraid to be vulnerable to express the pain. But if honesty is a true value, then we should be able to uh, own up to the things that we think and feel and allow other people around us to rally around us and, and, and really provide the support that we need. You know, I, I, as a good friend of mine that I work with, he, uh, he's in his sixties and his wife just passed yesterday. Um, and he sent me a text message and said, Hey, you know, she's, she's gone. She's passed away. And he's been a mess for weeks because she's, she was battling cancer. She beat it the first time and second time it came back with a vengeance and once they gave her the the chemo or radiation whatever it was that they gave her it totally shut down her immune system and then all of a sudden boom the disease took over um and so she's gone but he's been really vulnerable and honest the last few weeks just like hey buddy how you doing and he's just like you know He'll start crying, you know, Yeah, he's, he still has to work, even though his wife is battling, um, what was battling, he still had to go to work and, you know, and try to keep life as normal as possible when you're in a, when you're in the valley like that, you try to keep things as normal as, as, as they can be. Um, but all you got to do is, is freaking touch his shoulder, man. And, and just show any sympathy at all and and he's choking back tears you know um that type of honesty is attractive for people who actually have a heart and i think it's the same way with god when we're vulnerable with him it moves him on our behalf because he cares for us that much you know that he's he wants to rescue he wants to uh, assist and to help, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is our helper, right? So it's, it's a big deal, man. So honesty is a, is a value that we've been, and, and all of these things, they're, they're, they're things that we need to practice in like a muscle, you know, we get stronger at it, the more we do it. Um, and it, and it's very cowardly to be deceptive and not own up to how you feel and own up to what you're going through. It's a, it's a coward move. Whether you're afraid of, of someone, um, you know, looking down on you or thinking that you're weak or afraid of showing weakness, like all of those things are, are real. Um, but I think that uh, valuing honesty helps a person to, remove themselves from that to actually get help. For sure. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that even when my last point and what you're saying, obviously, too, is, again, I feel like church used to be, from my worldview, used to be that place where people felt vulnerable enough to stand up and tell their congregation like hey man i'm dealing with this and like it's tough and i don't know what to do and then at the same point you know when there's a breakthrough or blah 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 like you have something to celebrate you're also just as equally willing to be vulnerable and stand up and celebrate the good things you know i i I can't tell you the last time I've been in any church that I saw that because it's something I feel like you can go visit a church one time and you can instantly pick up on. But when you visit a church and like it, it's all about, you know, filling out this card, paying your tithe. We're going to send you a coffee mug now sit down shut up and listen to the pastor for 45 to an hour 
And then, yeah, well, we hope we see you again. Okay, bye. It's just like, why am I here? <laughs> you don't genuinely care about me. And I don't even know, honestly, if you care about the people that are sitting here with us. Like, it just felt like it feels that way to me. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think, too, like, even getting into the, you know, the affirming churches and like the the gay stuff and um racism and like all the controversial things in the church i mean it's just ridiculous and it's because they and again it's not every church blah 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 but on a whole we as a uh american church air quote group thingy we have not proven or shown that we love unconditionally and are a safe place for anyone or should i say everyone that that's what i really mean you know so if you're gay or trans or straight or bi or a fucking alien, like whatever the case is, man, like this is the place you can come. We care about you. You're a person. Like God created you. He created me. I needed him. I still need him. You need him. You're always going to need him. We're always all going to need him. We're in this thing together, man. So yeah, come on. Tell me what you're going through. You know, I'll tell you what I'm going through, but we can't do that. You know, because we'd have to be vulnerable and honest and then people would find out our shit and we can't do that because we're Christians and we're saved and we're, you know, called and sanctified. And I don't know, man. It just, that's, that's kind of why like church rubs me the wrong way. One, one reason I should say. And, uh, it's sad, man. It really is. Because I do have those memories of, like, I felt like church used to be that, you know? And it's, yeah. again, in my worldview and the ones I've been to, and it's not just one, it's several in different areas of America, mostly the East Coast and some of the uh, Midwest or whatever we're called here. But yeah, man, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't feel it. I don't see it. And I, I know I would recognize it because it's, you, you know, how, how do you miss it if it's there, but sure. it's not there and that's frustrating. And I definitely don't want to yeah. be there. Therefore I'm not there. Yeah. Church is in a building. No, I, I get that. Church yeah. is people so screw the fucking building yeah. man yeah we're the unchurched yeah i get it i totally get it but uh, hey that's not to I, say it doesn't exist either and i know i just cut you off but i don't want to just shit on the church because there are great communities out there that are inclusive and are a space where people can be vulnerable in themselves and they have a culture of community and it's awesome and they're doing great things man like and those should be celebrated those are awesome i just feel like they're few and far between anymore <clears throat> yeah i agree i i feel the same way i feel like it's it's super lacking uh today and and it's uh, the the tell is the fact that you have less and less or, or more and more people that are going to churches you know, that are caring to be a part of a, a local church. But one thing that I find is that even though people are leaving churches, they're not leaving the, the concept of a community. You know, like I was talking about uh, last podcast or the one before, the, the, the older guys that I smoke cigars with, they've all sworn church <laughs> off. They're not interested in doing it at all, but they still have a community 
we have a community of each other. Of being able to just sit down, have a cigar, have some music playing, or have a game on in the background. Usually it's golf, because they're all older and they all love golf. Hey, man. They don't care. Secret time. I don't mind watching golf at all. I enjoy it. (laughs) Call me old, but... No, I mean, it's not. I think I like how they not, whisper uh, too. It's like the only sport. All right, Let's see if you can pick up right. this birdie on the next swing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, there's still a community. You know, you still get together with a group of guys, and you fellowship. And even though you don't call it that. Like, oh, I'm just finding, like, we're still doing a lot of the same things. We've just dropped the Christianese, if you will. Yeah. You totally. Know, it's It just doesn't exist. It's like, <laughs> my cousin texted me the other day and was like, hey, cuz, um, I want to see if we can get together and fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what he was saying. You know, he wants to he wants to come by and and hang out with me and the boys. Have some sick fellowship. And I get that. Yeah, it's like just want to just want to have some fellowship. The word still means what it means. You know, despite it being Christianese, <clears throat> it still means the same thing. Yeah. I want to get together. I want to have a couple drinks. Want to talk. I want to connect with you. You know, I want to share my life and I want you to share yours with me. It's a real thing and it's a necessary thing. Um, so there's nothing wrong with it. We just don't have to do it inside the four walls of the church. And, I, and I, that's to your point. Yeah. You know, I enjoy being able to on a Sunday morning, go up to my buddy's shop and I walk in the door and, and there's six guys there, everybody smoking cigars, eating donuts, drinking water, chilling, no alcohol, no beer, no nothing, just cigars, water, donuts, everybody's sitting in chairs, everybody's got an ashtray in front of them and everybody's having a good time, laughing, Cracking jokes. I walk in the door and my buddy says, Oh, Mike's here. Don't steal nothing, mother effer. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's funny. It's hilarious. It's great. It's fun. And, you know, go around the room, shaking hands. Everybody, it's good to see you. What's going on? How's the wife? How's the kid? Blah, 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 blah. You know, everybody's it's a community and um you know it's something that's still necessary and you we can sit down together and talk and be honest with each other and laugh at each other poke fun but also provide encouragement and and um and a different point of view make you think make you appreciate what you have and and also make you push you to to get more like it's not a church it's just a bunch of guys getting together smoking cigars and 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 you fill in the blank as to what your community is you know it's up to you to establish that community or 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 join that community or whatever but you should get out of it some value and um you know, something to, to help structure your life. So. Yeah. I don't know. I I think the, the, the last value that I wanted to talk to you about, you kind of alluded to a little bit already with the church, um, with the church, the way it exists now, it, it doesn't necessarily welcome everybody. Uh, gay, straight, whatever, trans, whatever the label is, it doesn't matter. You know, back in the day, it used to be divorced. If you were divorced, you couldn't actually today still. 
in the Catholic Church, if you're divorced, you you can't take the sacrament. Yeah. And if you're divorced and you want to get remarried to somebody different, they won't marry you in that church because you were divorced. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I even remember like, I mean, lack of a better term, but like whores, prostitutes, even that was like a, a thing, you know? Sure. It was a thing in Jesus' day, right? So, and, and still a thing today. I get it. Um, we're so judgy. But the, I, I think the, the last value that, or that I wanted to discuss today, I, at least, was respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> find out what it means to me. i mean the truth is is like if you really did have respect for all people as a church you wouldn't be turning away people that weren't up to your quote-unquote standard of living you know what i'm saying i very much like there's there there are people that may you you can be you can be a complete alcoholic and you know smoking cigarettes blowing it in babies' faces. Damn, there there's I know that's harsh, right? <laughs> I I understand that you know the majority won't agree with the behavior, but is there a level of respect that you can still give that person that? would allow them to feel that they are still valued. Like they have something that they can still contribute. You know, I, I think we, we lose sight of the fact that, you know, like, the, like, like God sent the prophet to the, to the, uh, to the clay maker and to the potter, the potter's house. Shout out to TD, TD Jakes, right? His church is called the potter's house. And if you don't know the the story behind the potter's house, um, in the Bible, God sends the prophet to the potter's house. And the potter has got the clay on the wheel, and he's shaping it, and he's forming it. Uh, He's adding water, and, you know, he gets it to the place where he wants it to be, but then he throws it in the fire, hardens it up a little bit, starts the curing process, brings it back out, and shapes it a little bit more takes a knife to it, you know, and starts scoring it and putting designs in it, you know, and then puts it back in the fire, pulls it back out and maybe starts to paint it, put a little bit of coating on it, and then puts it back in the fire and, and, and he hardens that coating. Um, the, the whole point behind the, the prophet visiting the potter's house was to, to illustrate to us that we're all on the potter's will and the potter is God and that we are all in different developmental stages of being formed and being transformed into a work of art. And the fact is, is that none of us are completed works. And so you can take the worst person there is in your mind and you can either, you've got two choices. You can judge them for where they are, or you can trust the potter that's working with all of us that the work isn't done, that person's not a finished product, and they still have work to do. They still have work to be done on them. And with that understanding should be a a level of respect that you give a person if, if, if for nothing else, just on the fact that they are still on the potter's wheel, that they're still submitting to the process of being formed, when the water is added to them, you know, the, when the fire is added to them, when the knife is added to them, like they're, they're still in the process of, of growing and maturity, and we should give them a level of respect just based on the fact that they're still on the wheel. 
I, I, I know that that was a lot of uh, poetry, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, yeah, definitely. I think, too, you know, it's... I don't know if it's a mature thing or if it's just how you've been taught or I don't know really how to put a label on it, but like, you know, we shouldn't, I mean, exactly what you're saying. We shouldn't judge people, but even beyond that, I think we should at least strive to see people how Jesus sees people, you know? And that can be hard. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that, Very hard. you know, I have all this figured out. But, you know, it's, I kind of kept thinking about, like, uh, freaking Paul, right? Who was Saul. And then God got a hold of him. And instead of persecuting Christians, he now, you know, is fucking Paul, like wrote most of the New Testament and did amazing things for the name of Jesus. And just imagine, and this might be kind of preachy, like pastorally, but like, preach, preach, you know. Like, imagine the homosexual or the uh, the prostitute or the alcoholic or whatever. Pick your vice. It's all the same shit in the in the eyes of the Lord, right? What if they come into your church and they're the next Paul? Right. And you know that's absolutely kind of an ignorant thing to say because it's so general but my point is like jesus saw something in paul or should i say saul right like god did so it's like how how did he see him so we need to probably start to get on the journey of how do we see people just as people not as like a pharisee who's like oh i've i've read all the scriptures and i know all and I know every word and I can quote it. And then you come in here smoking a cigarette, pregnant with some man who you don't even know. Cause you, you work at a strip club, like, you know, just very judgmental and like disgusting way of looking at someone. Right. Sure. Sure. I don't know. Seeing the worst <clears throat> is what you're saying. Seeing the worst in, in people instead of the best. Yeah. You know, judging people by their current stance or, or their, their present situation versus, um, versus their potential of, of who they can be and the value that they can actually provide to your community. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'm trying to agree with you. <laughs> Hopefully that made sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that you're disagreeing with me. Uh, I, I tell you what, dude, I, I've. This may sound weird, but, uh, you know, I, I've cried on the shoulders of people that don't believe in the same God that I do. What do you mean? They're not Christians. They're not believers. Yeah. But they share the same values. Sure. I get you. And they, they are part of my community, even though they don't profess the name of Christ. And that's okay. Yeah. Because what it does is it still pushes me to a place of being better at the values that that I have and it it non-believers can still push you towards Christ 
even if they're not willing to go themselves. And it's okay to be able to separate the two. You gotta keep them separated. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just fact. You know? Um, it just is what it is. Yeah. Like, we are Christians, we are unchurched, but yet we still have values, and we pursue those values to grow in them. Recognizing our own, you know, emptiness and wanting God to fill us with all, all of who he is. And if crisis can push you towards God, why couldn't somebody that disagrees with your values? <laughs> <laughs> that a priest right there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, the the bigger picture is like, you know, like I said, like you, these values exist in your community. They should exist that much more in your marriage and in your own home and and something that you teach and that you that you live out before your family. And um, and that's how this spreads, you know, things like this, these values spread, you know, I doing my best to teach my my boys uh, these values. Like so Micah sees me call my dad, sir. My dad taught me how to respect people. My dad taught me, you know, you, you walk into a place you take off your hat. You're indoors. That's a military thing. I still do it today. Like, I, I literally, I, I don't know. I, I kind of have anxiety if I wear my own hat in my own damn house that I pay for. <laughs> because <laughs> because my dad is just, you're indoors. Take your hat off, boy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My dad taught me respect. And so when I talk to my dad is yes, sir. You know, I I called my dad yesterday and and I uh, he answered the phone. How you doing, young man? (laughs) He's just still he's still just that strong figure, you know, in my life. How you doing, young man? I'm doing fine, sir. How are you? That's how I talk. That's how my dad and I talk to each other. And. He reciprocates. You know, he when we're talking, he's he says, yes, sir. To me, his son. Which taught me that respect goes both ways. And um, and even when it is not going both ways. You still show respect because nobody's perfect. And. My son sees that in action. Micah sees that in action. And, um, and he does the same thing. He doesn't do it all the time, but he, he actually surprises me and catches me off guard at times when he calls me sir. But I know if he's saying to me, yes, sir, it's because he's seen me say it to my dad. And so if we show a level of respect to each other, you know, the next generation that's coming behind us is going to notice and they're going to emulate it because it's the right thing to do. Faux Sila. Sila. All right. Let's put a bow on it. All right. Well, be like us and you'll be good. <laughs> no, that was not what we were saying. <laughs> I was, I was, I had a dream. <laughs> well, listen, you can, uh, wherever you're listening right now, uh, if you haven't already, do us a favor, subscribe, leave a five star review. Or a nice little comment. And uh, maybe we'll give you a little shout out on the upcoming episode. You never know. 
Um, you can also check out our website, <clears throat> unchurchpodcast.wordpress.com, and our uh, Insta and Twitter handle is at unchurchedpod. And yeah, feel free to email us at Gmail or at Gmail. Yeah. Unchurchedpod at Gmail. Yeah, just email us at Gmail. We'll get it. We'll we'll get it. Just send it to Google and they'll give it to us. Send it to Google. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. And uh, this is episode 112. The one, one, two, give me a shoe. (laughs) Close enough. All right. This is what podcasts are with no liquor. There you go. Liquor, I don't even know her. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Peace. (laughs) Peace.